0: By the way, I just I want to just say it. thank you, Dave, for just getting up and exhorting everybody during worship. That was so powerful. And, man, we got to just turn up the heat in here. We got to not not really. It's always too hot in here. But like uh, we just got to really let, let's let just like let's stir things up. Let's get our hearts prepared when we come in. This is all part of what we've been talking about, you know, over the past over the past well, years, I'll say, but like specifically the past few weeks, just about casting off humanism, pushing off human centered living and inviting God into just pour out his abundant life, pour out, drench us in supernatural living. I want to talk a little bit today. Um, also, just to give everyone's a heads up, I don't know if it was in the in the very lengthy, 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 lengthy announcements that went way too long. but. Um, in those, I don't know if they mentioned February 19th is a Monday and we're going to have our year anniversary celebration on that Monday night. We're basically going to have like a, a service followed by a love feast where we just all bring food and celebrate what the Lord has done. It's going to be a great Monday. That Sunday we'll, we'll celebrate as well, but the day is going to be that Monday. So February 19th, mark your calendars. We're going ha- to be here and just have an amazing uh, night to celebrate and really reflect on what the Lord has done. Um, I want to open up with this incredible quote that I found um, from Le- Leonard Ravenhill. It says, but you know if God should stamp eternity or even judgment on our eyeballs, or if you'd like on the fleshy table of our hearts. I am quite convinced we'd be a very, very different tribe of people. God's people in the world today. We live too much in time. We're too earthbound. We see as other men see. We think as other men think. We invest our time as the world invests it. We're supposed to be a different breed of people. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ needs a new revelation of the majesty of God. We're all going to stand one day, can you imagine it, at the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for the deeds done in the body that's in this frame. This is what, this is the king of kings and he's the judge of judges and it's The tribunal of tribunals, and there's no court of appeal after it. The verdict is final. You know, there's been many voices that have declared this same idea, including ours (laughs) for weeks, right? It's what I've been talking about and sharing about, to turn and repent from humanism, which is man-centered existence, to Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-drenched living. Some become offended because their obvious insufficiency in this place is exposed. The quality of their fruit or their life is inspected. You know, you think you have a difficult time with inspectors. I have hundreds of inspectors. They're always coming and knocking and saying, Hey, I just want to tell you something. I felt like the Lord said, you need to change your life and improve and repent. Believe me. But like, I see those as a blessing. I don't get offended. I actually take them to God and say, Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to actually speak into my heart and speak into my life. Because I want, I live for, I desire, I hunger and thirst to live in a greater abundance of heaven in my heart. That's what I want. And not to impress anybody. I want it because I want God. I hunger and thirst for the reality of heaven in my heart, my mind, my thoughts, my life, my family, our church. For me, quotes like this are a gracious reminder. They're gracious because we have time to make adjustments. We give time to learn, grow, change before we stand on the threshold of eternity. And then it is too late. We are standing there and we will give an account for all our life our efforts, our affections. It's a reminder because we've all been reminded. We all need reminding. I mean, I don't know about you. I forget things from the day before. We need to be reminded, exhorted, encouraged that there's more than this world has to offer. Supernatural, abundant life is available right now on this earth. We don't have to wait to go to the sweet by and by and fly up in the sky. We can actually experience supernatural transformed life now right here on this earth. And so I want to look, the, the main point of what I want to communicate today is what does supernatural life look like and how do we get it? We've talked about this. It's all in the context of moving away from man centered living to God Christ centered living. You know what? You guys have to practice in this room a little amen or something. I know, listen, I know you're processing, but in the east side, there's lots of like amen. So come on, guys, help me out here. Give an amen to the word of the Lord. Okay, come on. So I want to just look at Ephesians 3, 4, 5, and 6. Now that's a lot to read. I'm not going to read it all. But I want to show you where I'm coming from. If we were to just deep dive into that, this is what is talking. This is like... An explanation, a description of what supernatural life is. Because some people think like, oh, supernatural life. It's like when I meet an angel in my bedroom during prayer. And then everything changes and I start seeing visions and all kinds of things like that. I mean, that's a possibility. But most of the time, supernatural life is expressed in such a natural way that we miss it. We don't realize, wow, God is moving. He's doing things. And you know, the most powerful supernatural life is when it you become, you embody that supernatural aspect and it begins to declare and witness of the greatness of God to others. That it's it's like a diffused expression of that, where people see this unseen realm in a tangible way and they say, wow, like when I see Brennan, I I just. Man, something different about his life and his heart. And lately, man, he has been lit on fire by God. Like his life is changing. It's kind of like that's, that's the most powerful witness, you know, because we were over in Europe and people were getting healed like crazy at this university. People were like, great. I'm so glad my arm doesn't hurt, but I don't believe in Jesus. You know, Miracles can be, can be just disregarded. They could just be like, okay, a changed life, a changed life where people have grown up with someone and then looked at their life and, and seen them as one way for years and years and years and years. And then God touches them and everything changes. And they're like, what? Wait, wait, no, 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 no. You're Joe. You're the Joe I grew up with. What's going on with your life? Jesus Christ touched me. He transformed me. He jumped inside me and transformed everything. No, no, I've known you a long time, dude. When's this fad going to end? It's not going to end. I encountered the creator of the heavens and the earth, and he jumped inside me and did things that no human being could do. And that's when people go, wait, this can't be. And then it goes on and on. It's not a fad, but it's a total life transformation. People start saying, whoa, this is, this is powerful. Like, how did this happen? Because, you know, when you know someone close, you know, their weaknesses, you know, the things that just don't budge, you know, the attempts of them to change and it doesn't happen. Like people who just partied hard and couldn't stop. And then all of a sudden, everything flips upside down. And they're like pursuing God in an intense way. All these other things have fallen away. So let's look at Ephesians 3. I want to look at this. We're going to look intensely at this because it's just packed. But again, we're going to look at three, four, five, six. 5, 6. This chunk of scripture. You can read it all week and meditate on it and stew on it. But when we look at this, what is supernatural life? Is it meeting an angel in your bedroom when you're praying and then everything shifts? Ephesians 3, Paul says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for the sake of the Gentiles. Indeed, if you heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation was made known to me the mystery as I wrote in brief, by right, Referring to what we're going to just, We're going to jump down here. Let's go to seven. We got to. It's like four chapters. Of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which he has given to me. Here's his his twofold call, his twofold purpose. According to the working of his power, to me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. And to bring to light what is the administration, the oikonomia, of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God. These two things. The oikonomia is really the economy of the household of faith. It's the administration of how people should interact with one another. So it's this glorious gospel, the riches of heaven. It's the light of the of the way the household of Christ should operate, right? So that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose, which he carried out through Christ in whom we have boldness and confident access. Verse 14, for this reason, I bow my knees to the, before the father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. Here we go. Here's this incredible description. That he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in the inner man so that, one, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, that's the second part, so here we are, one, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. The living God, the one who died on the cross, who became flesh, who was the eternal word that existed before time, would come and manifest and die on the cross to become a sacrifice, now jumps inside you and lives in you, in your heart. That's just profound that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend the third thing comprehend with all the saints what's the breadth length height depth to know the love of Christ which surpasses understanding and knowledge that you may be filled up to all fullness of God this is supernatural life folks is this it's it's these elements here Christ Dwelling in your hearts. A real God, alive, powerful, moving, jumping inside your body, your frame. It's like you're like a glass, and the Spirit of the Lord moves in you and occupies you, lives in you. That you become rooted and grounded, that you know the love of God. See, you're not motivated by dead religion. You're not motivated by a sense of like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. No, you're motivated. Everything you do is because there is a burning, fiery love inside your heart where your heart is pounding because you have a first love called Jesus. He he goes through your minds. Have you ever, anyone ever been in love in here? Okay. Okay. Hopefully the question is you're still in love, but if you've ever been in love or even been infatuated, whatever, we don't even have to talk about real love. We can just talk about like where you started losing your mind. You just didn't think clearly. You were just like, oh, just consume with this idea of this person. And then when you thought about getting together, you're, you feel this warmth just kind of go down every part of your body. And then you start just thinking like, oh my gosh, I I just have to see them again. And then all these other things like responsibilities in life, they just seem to kind of take second place. And everything revolves around this person because you love them. And as you're driving to see them, your heart starts just racing a bit. You like start going, oh gosh, I'm almost there like this is what i'm talking about this is what i mean when we say that we 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 like put christ first that he becomes that heartbeat he becomes that your your body begins to tingle and warm because you even are thinking of of him that like even the things other responsibilities in life when you start thinking about him you're like oh man This isn't about dead religion, conformity to some, like, regulations. This is about a love affair with the maker of your soul, with the one who created you. This love, it's like you are filled to the brim with love of Jesus. And that's why, you know, when we start talking about, like, What abundant life is it's like why paul said like when i have much or when i have little it doesn't matter i find my sufficiency in christ it's because circumstances don't matter it's not about abundant life in christ is driving an escalade and you know having all your needs met and you know whatever wearing a nice suit Having abundant life is having your cup completely overflowing with the riches of heaven. Whether you have or have not in life, your heart is full of love. You are preoccupied with the living word, the fiery, eternal realities. (laughs) It's going to get really good here. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Now listen, one more time. Listen to this in 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ask or think, beyond your most brilliant humanism. God exceeds you. He transcends you a million times exponentially. According to the power that works in us. See, he is able to far more abundantly according to the power that works in us. This is what we desperately need, folks. Listen, we don't need more knowledge. Knowledge doesn't hurt, okay? Knowledge doesn't hurt in the sense that we perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is good. But what's better is when that knowledge becomes wisdom and what we know becomes part of our life and we reflect a transformed lifestyle like in everyday life. And this is what we're going to get into is is how do we do that? What does that look like? You know, I'm going to go in that other room a little bit. I just want to come and say hi to you. Um where's that other that other uh microphone? Oh yeah, hey Crystal. <laughs> Thank you, wow. So great. We have the best ushers in the state. Not that I can really Hey, guys. Whoa! You know what? Kurt, I think maybe the lights are out in that room. That's why people are sleepy over there a little bit. Maybe we need to get rid of those cafe lights that look so cool. I think they're having the adverse effect. I don't even know. When we build this new building, you know, it's kind of an internal room. And I'm starting to have second thoughts of, like, a darker room because... Well, by then though, we'll be revived and we'll all be like full of life. And you could put us in a, in a blackout room and we'd be like lighting up the room, you know? <laughs> amen, amen, amen. 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 Okay. Oh yeah. they See, they sing in everything in this room. No, I'm just kidding. I love you over there. That's why I come over there. How many other of, the staff, go over to both rooms. See, I do it because I like looking at people's faces. I really do. like to see the faces and connect heart to heart, face to face, right? So this supernatural living. So this is all in the context of abandoning humanism, which we are all so susceptible to. And remember what that's defined as it's man-centered living and if you think that's just a reality in the world you're wrong it is filling most of our churches because we have decided we don't need god we have the word of god so we could take that and we could read it and we could try to live good we could try to align our lives with those truths which all of this is is okay stuff i mean it's okay it's better than people being in humanism and not being good people or trying to be good people. At least humanistic Christians are trying to be good humans, right? And they're trying to have a form of godliness that is like saying, I want to follow God. But the real question to all this is, is it is it your attempts or is it The spirit of the living God, his power in your midst. That is what we're talking about. That is what is at stake here. Now, that doesn't mean that we just throw up our arms and say, oh, well, you know, it's all God. No, you know what? It is 100. It's the example of Jesus. 100% man, 100% God. The incarnation is a perfect example of how we are to live. We live as though it all depends on us. And we live at the same exact time as though it all depends on Christ. 100% his spirit. And see, that's what I'm saying. Humanism is always about one extreme or the other, right? It's always about, well, it's all God. Or, well, no, it's, it's, it's all me. Or people who have that throw up your hands and say, well, pff, I, I am nothing it's all the Lord. Well, no, you're, you're being humanistic. You're being confined to a, a box that either has God or man. Jesus came and he said, you know what? There's no such thing. We're not limited by 100%. We're 100% plus 100% at the same time. How does that work? That's, that boggles the human mind, right? Like, Wait a minute. No, there's only 100%. And God's like, no, there's not. There's 100% and 100% the same time. And I'm saying what he's calling us to do and what he's exemplified by living the incarnation is live 100% you and let God be 100% in you, filling you, motivating you. It's both and, folks. We need to enter into a place where we start living a supernatural reality. And we really, we really have to pray and repent, repent, and then say, Lord, I don't know what else to repent of, but I'm desperate. I need your intervention. Like, I'm not getting this. I, 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 I need you. We, we have to, we, we need his supernatural intervention. We need it. We need God. Okay. (sighs) Amen. So when we look at, you know, chapter four of Ephesians, it starts. And like I said, I'm parsing this. This would be great to like just plunge into all this next week. Fill your prayer blocks with it and pray and respond. So read the word publicly and then respond to it and say, Lord, would you do this in my life? Would you intervene in me? Lord, would you show me the power that works in me? Would you sh- would you dwell in my heart? Will you root me and ground me in your love, Lord? I need to know your love, not my concoction of what love looks like. I need your unconditional love that supersedes, transcends any of my ability to think or comprehend. Would you do that, Lord? Oh, Lord, would you help me to comprehend with all the saints? What's the breadth, the length, the width? You know, you start praying like this, reading the word and praying and asking for an encounter by the Holy Spirit, man, an hour goes, bam, you're like, what happened? Well, you got caught up in God. And when we do, folks, like, it's that song like the things of this world fade away because when he comes and he begins to move and you begin to respond and invite him in to transform you, just you get lost. You get lost in time. Jesus. So when we look at four, it's going to start to break down this concept of what supernatural life is. And it's, it's going to break it down in a way that says, hey, listen, listen. You want to let go of these things and embrace these things. You want to flee from this stuff and go this direction. There's a constant comparison of this way of life that you used to live in humanism, in your self-centered existence, and this realm of life that is God-drenched, God-Christ-centered, right? So let's just look at that. And as we read, you're going to see, like, drop this pick up this, take off this, put on this. It's all of these things. Similar to Galatians where it talks about putting off the works of the flesh. Some of you who are new in in Christ, I challenge you start to look at some of these things and say, Ooh, what do I have to take off? What do I want to and it's not this legalism that says, you're a Christian. You should not do that. It's not about that. It's about let go of the corrupt things and run to what is good. It will blow you away. You get that? It's not like, don't do this. Do this. It's not meant to be that way. It's, it's meant to be an enticing, inspirational call to exchange rags for riches. woo Okay, chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, I, prisoner of the Lord. Here's this guy who just said, I have the power of God surging through my body. In my life, I'm a prisoner. See, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he was in prison or running the streets free. I implore you, he's saying I beg you, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called with all humility gentleness patience showing tolerance for one another in love being diligent to pre- preserve the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace going to skip down talks in the remaining part that he's given fivefold people apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers for the equipping of the saints as part of this solution of entering into fullness right verse 15 but speaking the truth in love we're to grow up in all aspects into him no no compartments with god there's not like a church compartment and a you know christian compartment and a work compartment it's all one big life that needs to grow into him, out of your old way into the new way, from whom the whole body is fitted together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each part causes growth of the body for building up itself in love. So now we get a little introduction to that God's plan here is that there's something going on with the body of Christ that helps bring this supernatural living, this infilling, this, this fullness from heaven right there's there's this role of the body to provoke one another to stir to cause growth to cause fullness it's not just this i'm caught in my prayer closet and an angel visited me and now i'm going to be a an avenger for jesus right okay So we talk about this whole unity spirit then we move into like verse 17 here it, again it begins to break down this old way turn from it embrace a new way out of humanism out of man centered living into god centered holy spirit drenched right so this i say and affirm together with the lord that you walk no longer just as the gentiles also walk in the futility Of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance in them, because of the hardness of their heart. They've become callous. have given themselves over to sensuality and practice of every kind of impurity and greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. So here we have this description of what humanism is. It it breeds this stuff. There's a futility, a useless of human thinking, right? There's darkened understanding. Things just aren't so clear. There's hardness of heart, callousness. And you know, you wonder, like, well, how do I get that way? Well, you get a hard heart as you resist the Lord, it gets hardened. When you disobey the Lord, your heart gets hardened. How do you, you know, get a heart of flesh? How do you move from callousness to sensitivity? Well, you obey the Lord, you invite him in. You're flexible. When he asks you to do things, you're like, yes, Lord, okay you become sensitive hardness comes from resisting rejecting being stubborn hardness of heart sets in you want to have a, an attentive sensitive hearing of the lord then you you quickly act on what he says you you check out like did i really hear from the lord i'm going to go obey this and see what happens is there fruit in it do i see god moving does has he do I see this oh that was the Lord thank you Lord speak to me again I just I want to be sensitive to you right this is what happens this is how we keep this purity and the sensitivity of the Lord is responsiveness to him you know if, if you ever get in a fight with your wife right those of you who are married, or let's expand the pool here if you just get and fight someone you love what happens distance, isolation, lack of fellowship. Right? Right? It's not fun. Right? It's like you're, you kind of have a pit in your stomach and you're like, this isn't cool. This stinks. And you're like, this is not a good place to be. Right? That's what happens. What's that called? That's called callousness. It's, it's, that's the opposite of hey there what's going on oh bro so nice to see ya and you feel it you feel the energy and you feel the connection you feel the the intimacy the agreement right and when that happens it feels really good right come on people I take that back other room west side west side people <laughs> I'm just having fun. Just having fun. Oh! Come on now. Hey, now. Hey, now. I love that. There'll be one day when we're all together in one big giant building, right? And we'll have room to grow and increase that all men will be brought to us, to Christ. Verse 22, lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new self which is in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness in the truth. Oh, there's just so much. We're going to just, Kind of skim through here because it says, therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth to one another. For we are members of one another. There is a connection in abundant life of the people of God. Connection. Unity. You feel love toward one another. It's electric. It's like static energy in the air. You know, you're like, hey, spark, spark. Ah. It is powerful. It is tangible. You feel it. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil an opportunity. See, that's what I'm talking. No callousness. No unforgiveness staying here. No unresolved conflicts. It's quick. It's like, hey, listen, I just got to get this off my chest. I don't want there to be anything in between us. I want to talk about this. And you just lay it out there. And you ask the Lord to come and intervene and bring his presence in. Help us understand. Help us grow. We don't want any of that. No entrance of the enemy. See, it's it's for real. The devil looks for every aspect he can get into where he can bring division. And the only antidote, folks, is not saying, you know, can we talk this out? Um, it's No, we need... God, would you come with your presence? Fill this room. We both yield to you right now and ask for your spirit to bring healing and unity right now. Like actually inviting a God that is beyond your realm, transcendent, above and beyond you, coming down and bringing supernatural healing, engagement in your midst. Can you imagine Christians actually asking a supernatural God to come in and help. I mean, really, guys, I'm serious. Is this hitting you like it hit me? Like, what is wrong with us? We love to relegate God to this thing up there that's just like a religious idea or concept and he's alive, and he's greater than us, and he created us. There hasn't been one human able to create another human yet. Like, without bodies that God created to be wombs. Like, he created you. It was not a hard thing for him. He just was like, hmm. And at the same time, he had millions and billions of prototypes planned of all different colors and sizes and genetic DNA. I mean, think about this. It's profound. It goes beyond our wildest imaginations. It actually confirms the Word of God. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our ways. And then He created them all. That's why if you don't like you know, how you look, you should consider. God created your flavor. But see, we love to want to be something other than we have. We want different homes than we have because we like the other persons. Envy, lust, all of that stuff. All that humanism where we're constantly comparing and leveraging and saying, oh, I like I like his hair better. I wish I always had red hair. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. I, <laughs> But (laughs) no, Derek, it's not that way. It's no, there's a lot of people with red hair here, Derek. I see that I could point them out. But listen, the point is, I'm just happy with how God made me. I like my hair that's turning gray. (laughs) thank you jesus do not give the devil an opportunity (laughs) okay we're going to get to the the climax here okay (laughs) yes thank you here it is we look at ephesians 5 and it talks about being imitators of god beloved children walk in love just as christ also loved you and gave himself up for you offering a sacrifice to god as a pleasing aroma let no one deceive you with empty words do not let humanism deceive you for because of these things the wrath of god is going to come on the sons of disobedience therefore do not be partakers with them For you were formerly darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. And see, this is the, listen to the way this is all crafted. Trying to. And that's what I'm saying. There there is an energy that is expected to be exerted by us in pursuing God, in becoming like Him, in learning the ways that please Him. It's 100% God, 100% you. You can't say, well, uh, you know, whatever the Lord's will. No, it is an active faith. It is active 100%, meaning you do everything you can as if there were no God. That's what 100% means, but at the same exact time you are trusting him 100% that he is able to exert his exceeding power to do everything you can't do and that nothing is being done as though there is not God because it's 100% you, 100% God. Does that even make sense? Like, but it takes away a lot, a lot of tension. There's a there's a a faith works tension that you will get lost in because it it's it's humanistic to even think about that. Because one hundred percent and one hundred percent doesn't equal one hundred percent. The point is is that you give everything you have at the same time crying out for everything God has and knowing that in every bit of energy you exert, he is matching that with 100% of his power to see that happen because the result is you being transformed and walking in abundant life. Now, here's here's like the second part of this whole thing is how we enter into this life. 15, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, for the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is for us. Don't be drunk with wine, for that's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Again, this whole idea, 100% full of the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of the Christ. Right here, how do we enter into this life? It is through the body of Christ. And this is what blows your mind away is because God is calling us to experience, encounter Him. 100% 100% God, 100% you, 100% in the body of Christ, 100%, and this whole thing here, get a hold of this, like, I don't know about you, but spirituality to me is very much like God connecting with the transcendent one, right? But when we start looking at Ephesians 3, 4, 5, 6, it is all about, and we, we look at Paul and his twofold commission to reveal the riches and then reveal how the body ought to interact with one another. This is a twofold thing where there is a transcendent God you're connecting with, but one of the, one of the main ways this all works out and is forged into your heart is relationships with people in the body. And that is not so sexy. That is not so like exciting, like like as though you were connecting with an angel and having supernatural encounters and things like that. It's, it's more like where the rubber meets the road. It's more like I need to be right to you because he lives in me. I need to act right. I need to behave right. I need to do what's fair and equitable. I need to value you and honor you. You need to honor me. We need to honor one another's gifts, what's brought to the body. It is one giant, we're one giant, like, culture, like, like, test tube of heaven, just incubating and doing things and working things, all of us right here, and it's messy. Like, relationships are the messiest thing I've ever experienced in this human life. It's so easy when there's no people, right? 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 Christianity is so easy when it's just God, you know, read your Bible, pray. Oh, that feels good. Then you introduce people and you're like, oh, God, God, deliver me. Right? It's hard, but that is where God is doing the work. He's doing it in your marriage. He's doing it at your workplace. He's doing it right here in the midst of people, even the ones that drive you crazy. You're like, oh, why did they have to sit next to me this morning? Of this whole place in two different rooms, and they chose right next to me. Oh, my gosh. Well, because the Holy Spirit wants to love you today and lets you sit right next to the person that you need to make things right with. (laughs) The body, relationships, relationships, You know how uncomfortable home is sometimes? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Mike, that was too loud. (laughs) Lord, more, Lord. Give him more. Bless him, Father. (laughs) I'm sincerely meaning that, bro. Home is hard. It's where everything has friction every day. And we need to pray that God really invades those places because those places are the places where heaven's released. And that's what I'm praying. I'm praying. That's why we have life groups, folks. That's why this this is a gathering of our network. This isn't just like local church. This is a network of churches. Churches, when you gather in homes and you're breaking bread with one another and you're having intimate conversations on a weekly basis and it's prayer and meeting of needs things like that life group is like it's it's home it's where the heart is this is about like alignment government heaven on earth intercession as a as a body of believers crying out for the power to come casting vision and neither it's it, again 100 100 percent. It's not all about house church and not about Sunday. It's both and. It's both coming together for one harmonized, synergistic lifestyle and reality. There's something that happens here, and we've tasted a little bit, right, on some Sundays, where we come together and we get to some place in the spirit, and and it's like things break open, right? We experienced that back in February 19th. And you felt it, that tangible release of heaven. He visited us. And I'm convinced he draws back and goes and plays hide and seek for a while because he's like, will you still pursue me when I'm not doing everything? When I'm not pouring out and just causing you to become unraveled, will you pursue me still? Will you continue to grow? Will you be 100% you when I'm not pouring everything out on you? Will you grow? Will you show character? Will you show maturity? Will you persevere? Even though I've hidden myself from you? Like this is, God's in a real relationship. Some of you, would you notice if your spouse disappeared today? Where are you? Or would you just like, not even realize it? Thank God. Lord, we just, we pray today that you would continue this work in us, Lord. Continue to pull us and draw us out of that which has kept us captive for our lifetime. Draw us out of man-centered existence, Lord. Fill us and call us into yourself that we'll never be able to live in the world again as the world. Lord, for everyone that's had an encounter, I pray that you would breathe upon that encounter. That that would become their new normal. That we would go from faith to faith, glory to glory. We need your intervention, Father. We need your assistance. Father, we will pour our heart out as though we didn't need you. But we know we need you. At the same time, we need 100% outpouring from you. We need your spirit. Holy Spirit, live through us. Walk with us as a partner. Hand in hand, 100%, 100%. Father, I pray today that you would just quicken hearts and minds, Lord. Forgive us also for familiarity of how we see the body. Lord, we recognize it and thank you for the body as an active agent of the equipping and the training of the Holy Spirit. Bring us close, Lord. Remove every obstacle, remove every gap, every hindrance, Father. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. You are raising your church up as a fiery bride without spot or wrinkle lord you are pressing her cleansing her adorning her let it be father we receive the work of your spirit in this place today do it lord do a fresh work do something new Come on, just respond to God. As I've been sharing, you talk to God now because I know the Holy Spirit is here. He's active and he's been whispering things in your heart, in your ear. That's what this is all about. Divine revelation and the Spirit saying, you know, I'm calling you this one thing. I want you to release to me. I want to do this. I want to do something deeper. I want to go deeper. I want to do a new work in you. Come on, let's just respond to the Lord here. Lord, we partner with you for transformation. Lord, let repentance just spring up all over, changing the way we think. Come on, we're just going to respond to God here.